My name's Tom. I've seen a lot of you this week already, and I hope that um, you may be annoyed to see me once again. But um, God is good, and he's going to provide, not me. As I sat and listened to the teen choir, I thought of the emotions that go through me and the thoughts that go through me when I first heard a number of weeks ago that um, they wanted me to preach to the teens. It's been three years since I preached to the teens. So there's a part of me that was excited because I love being with the youth. It makes me feel a little bit young again. To touch that energy, that vibrancy as I saw you sing. I, I looked at all the faces. Tried to see every, some of you might, might have been obscured a little bit, but I looked in everybody's face. I thought, Lord, as much as the excitement to preach to the teens is there, the closer I get to the moment, the more I say, Lord, how many needs are there in this group? And I start to get intimidated. But it's good. Because the Lord says, Tom, it's, I'm going to handle it. It's my work. It's not yours. Just relax. Amos 14, verse 13 says, For lo, he that formed the mountains, and createth the wind, and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness, and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. He created the wind. Tonight, we're going to talk about the wind. I was about 18, maybe 19. Might have even been 20. I was in college for sure. And I stood on the, the grass of the cottage, my folks' place on the lake. And it was in the middle of the summer, a cool day with a lot of clouds, maybe 65 degrees. Water temperature was a little bit warmer than that. And there was not a single boat on the lake. Middle of summer. The reason was that the wind was blowing a steady 40 miles an hour, gusts to 45, maybe 50, three-foot white caps, and that's why no one was on the lake. But being 19, I put on my wetsuit, took out my windsurfer, sailboard for those of you who go the generic route, and I assembled it, and I put it in the water. For those of you who know a little bit about sailing, I'm, I'm a pretty experienced sailor. One thing about windsurfing versus regular sailing that I like is that in regular sailing, you sit in the boat, typically, and you have ropes and pulleys that hold the, the sail itself. Windsurfing is much more simple. It's much more elemental. And you, your body really becomes the ropes, and you become part of the boat. You hold the sail in your hand with the boom. It's just the boom, the mast, the sail, and the board. Most people that do a lot of windsurfing have high wind sails. See, a high wind sail is smaller so that you can handle a wind better. It doesn't hold as much wind. I didn't have another sail. So I went out. 
in a 40-degree wind with my regular sail. And I want to tell you, it was an experience I'll never forget. When you're standing on the board, and it's all you can do to hold that sail with one hand as it's rippling in the wind, wind. you haven't even pulled it in yet. And the only way to sail with that size of a sail in a wind like that is to fall backwards with all your body weight towards the water. And just before your body hits the water, you crack the sail in. And the, the surfboard lurches forward. And you're instantaneously ripping across the water. And the waves made it hard to hold on to control of this thing. And I was flying across the water and thinking, what a thrill. And then, being the sailor that I am, I noticed something about 30, 40 yards off. You see, even in a high wind, you can tell when there's a change in the surface of the water. The white cap waves bristle more, and even upon the white cap waves, you see a rippling of the water. And I knew that it was a problem coming because I was completely committed. My body weight was fully on the, on the boom, and I was literally inches from the water, going as fast as this thing would go, and there was a gust coming my way. I could have aborted, let go, but I wanted to ride it out. And the gust came. And I hung on, and the wind took the sail and threw it and catapulted me five feet in the air and maybe 15 feet. I cleared the whole 12-foot mast, and I skipped across the water before I sank in. I tell that story to give you a little reference, because that, my friends, was merely... 40-mile-an-hour wind with a 50-mile-an-hour gust. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are mighty, the creator of all things, including the wind. And Lord, as much as I would pray that every need of every soul in this place will be met tonight. For days and weeks now, I've been praying for just two souls. One soul that is in this place right now, I've talked to already. And I've asked you, Lord, to move his heart in some small way. And Lord, there's one other soul I don't know if I know this person or not, but I just ask, Lord, for two. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a little bit of a scary message that I have for you this evening. As much as I like to be inspirational, it's a disturbing place we're headed this evening. I know you've all heard messages and sermons before. I have too. Talk about a story of a young person in their teens that perished, some kind of accident, some kind of illness. And I know I would. I've been affected by messages like that. 
Because honestly, you don't know if that's going to be you. But you know, tonight's message is not for the one of you that may perish an untimely death. Tonight's message is for those of you that have to live. And that's the bulk of you. 97% of you, 99% of you. In Matthew 8 we read, don't even turn to it, just, it's short, just listen. And when he was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Oh, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this? that even the winds and the sea obey him. I need to impart to you this evening three facts. Three things. They're all relatively easy to remember. And each one of them, I guarantee, I guarantee, There's a storm brewing. You may not see it off in the distance. Meteorologists may not have the technology to find it, to tell you about it, but there's a storm brewing for each and every person in this place. Even though I'm going to be speaking a lot about real wind, I want you to remember that when I talk about a storm, I'm not talking about the fact one of you is going to come across some inclement weather at some point in the six months or a year, two years or five years or 50 years. I'm talking about a storm that may in fact be a spiritual storm, an emotional storm, an interpersonal storm, a financial storm, some kind of storm. And maybe all of those, maybe one at a time, maybe all of them together. But I'm telling you right now, I promise you, I guarantee you, there is a storm brewing. read a book about tropical cyclone. You know what that is? Common term is hurricane. And I want to talk to you tonight about hurricanes. One story that I read was about a place called Bayman Bay in the Honduras. It was 1998. Chris and Alice Norris were staying at Bayman Bay Resort in the Honduras for their honeymoon. Beautiful place, off the beaten path. Had a nice little jetty that went out, a little dive shop, little shacks that people would stay in. It was slow, somewhat rustic, but nice. 
and they got along, it was a smaller place, and they got along very well with the owner. A lot to them while they were there, and they left. Honeymoon was over. Went home, they had just purchased a car, just getting their lives in order, New, newlywed couple, and they got a call shortly after they were home, within a few weeks, and it was the owner of that resort, Bayman Bay. He said, you guys, you know what? We talked a lot. I can tell you guys are dynamic. You loved it here. Why don't you come down and manage this place for me? Any good managers can live here. I'll pay X amount of dollars. It's like paradise. For the next few weeks and months, they settled up everything, sold everything, and they moved to the Honduras. They were going to manage Bayman Bay. Within days of them getting there, Storm Mitch was brewing in the Atlantic. They got word that Mitch was getting They got word that in a few days, Mitch was going to be at their door. And the problem was, Mitch was no longer a Category 1 hurricane. No longer Category 2. No longer Category 3. It was Category 4 hurricane. And I wrote down on my notes here so I could get clear to you. I want you to know what the categories of hurricanes are. Category 1 is minimal damage. Winds of 70 miles an hour or so. And remember, remember what happened to me in a 40 mile an hour wind. I was hurtled through space. Category 1, 70 mile an hour winds, perhaps 75. Minimal damage, boats that are hooked up are going to be torn from their moorings. Category two is 90 mile an hour plus winds, getting a little more intense. It's considered to, to uh, present the situation of moderate damage. What that means is billboards will come down. Signs will be ripped from the ground. Things will be flying through the air. Trees will lose a few limbs. That's category two. Category 3, 110 plus mile an hour winds. Starting to get serious. This is considered major. Large trees are going to start falling down. Roofs are going to be coming off. If you're in a trailer, house, trailer home, motor home, it's done. Serious flooding is going to occur as well. More than 50% of the people in a hurricane die because of the flooding. The tidal changes. Category four is extreme damage. 130 mile an hour plus winds. Remember what I said about 40 mile an hour winds? 130 an hour, mile an hour winds. Extreme damage. Smaller buildings will be destroyed. 15 foot tidal waves, if not greater. To give you an idea of the power of a tidal wave, a cubic meter of water weighs three quarters of a ton. A cubic meter. A tidal wave that's 15 feet high is thousands of cubic meters. Thousands of tons coming all at once. It's going to wipe things out far into the shoreline, maybe up to a mile or more. And then there's Category 5. The word to describe Category 5 catastrophic. 150 mile an hour winds, 
gusts to 170. There's even been measurements at over 200 miles an hour. Nothing stands in this beast's way. Trees of all sizes are laid flat to the ground. Buildings are laid to waste. Cement buildings can go down. Roofs are not staying on houses. There's a good chance you're going to be dead. Tidal waves, 20 feet, 30 feet, 60 feet. They can't even measure all of them, sometimes more. 60 feet. This ceiling is perhaps 25 feet. 60-foot tidal wave coming down on you. Bayman Bay was anticipating a Category 4 hurricane, but the bad news was it was just about to hit, and it was upgraded again to Category 5. Welcome to the Honduras. Fortunately, they had a couple of bunkers that were built there, because hurricanes happen. But the wind started to blow, and this young couple battened down the hatches as much as they could. Hurricanes typically come and go within 8 to 12 hours. This thing started to hit them, and they did everything they could to save the buildings. But one by one, the buildings were going over. The water tower was going over. And then the tidal, tidal surge started to come. The dock was destroyed. The, the uh, scuba shack was destroyed. Things were getting really, really bad. Chris, the husband, was doing what he could to save things, trying to get people to these little shelters. The wind was horrendous. Trees were laying flat to the ground. And as things got worse and worse, and they got more of the hurricane getting closer and closer, the eye of the storm approaching them, it was unbelievable. And at one point, Chris remembered that the people in the other shelter who had closed the door tight, were burning kerosene lamps in there. And he realized, if this thing lasts much more time, they're all going to be dead. So he decided to go out in the midst of a Category 5 hurricane. And he's crawling to the ground. And then he saw something that he'd never seen before. You see, have you ever seen the roof of a car on a hot day? And you can see the, the, the light distorted by the heat, or maybe the first inch of the car. The wind was so strong, he could see the light that was coming into his eyes was distorted because the wind was so strong. Things he was looking at at a distance were smeared because the winds were more than 150 and 170 mile an hour gusts. And he saw one of these gusts coming. You could tell he had a rope with him. He quickly tied himself to a tree, and the thing lifted him off the ground. Cement buildings can go down. Roofs are not staying on houses. There's a good chance you're going to be dead. Tidal waves, 20 feet, 30 feet, 60 feet. They can't even measure all of them, sometimes more. 60 feet. This ceiling is perhaps 25 feet. 60-foot tidal wave coming down on you. Bayman Bay was anticipating a Category 4 hurricane. But the bad news was it was just about to hit, and it was upgraded again to Category 5. 
Welcome to the Honduras. Fortunately, they had a couple of bunkers that were built there because hurricanes happen. But the wind started to blow, and this young couple battened down the hatches as much as they could. Hurricanes typically come and go within 8 to 12 hours. This thing started to hit them, and they did everything they could to save the buildings. But one by one, the buildings were going over. The water tower was going over. And then the tidal, tidal surge started to come. The dock was destroyed. The, the uh, scuba shack was destroyed. Things were getting really, really bad. Chris, the husband, was doing what he could to save things, trying to get people to these little shelters. The wind was horrendous. Trees were laying flat to the ground. And as things got worse and worse, and they got more of the hurricane getting closer and closer, the eye of the storm approaching them, it was unbelievable. And at one point, Chris remembered that the people in the other shelter who had closed the door tight, were burning kerosene lamps in there. And he realized, if this thing lasts much more time, they're all going to be dead. So he decided to go out in the midst of a Category 5 hurricane. And he's crawling to the ground. And then he saw something that he'd never seen before. You see, have you ever seen the roof of a car on a hot day? And you can see the, the, the light distorted by the heat, or maybe over the first inch of the car? The wind was so strong, he could see the light that was coming into his eyes was distorted because the wind was so strong. Things he was looking at at a distance were smeared because the winds were more than 150 and 170 mile an hour gusts. And he saw one of these gusts coming. You could tell he had a rope with him. He quickly tied himself to a tree, and the thing lifted him off the ground, and he was like a cartoon character strung out on a tight rope. The wind died a few miles an hour. He was able to get down and get to the other people. Saved all their lives. And this thing blew for three straight days. And on the fourth day, they woke up. And it was perfectly calm. My friends, there's a hurricane coming your way. This is fact number one. I guarantee you there is a hurricane coming your way. Don't know if it's going to be emotional. Don't know if it's going to be spiritual. Don't know if it's going to be financial or interpersonal or all those or those and more. But I guarantee that everyone here that doesn't die next week has a hurricane coming your way, aiming right in your direction. Guaranteed! It's no longer this game of, oh, will I die early or won't? I'm guaranteeing you it's a coming. Sorry. I'm sorry. This week is about revival. And the point that I'm trying to make you don't find yourself in the hands of the Lord, if you don't find yourself revived and in the hands of the Lord, 
I want to tell you that this hurricane is going to wreak an incredible amount of damage. If you don't know the Lord, get ready for catastrophic devastation. Sorry, that's a fact. Oh, and you say, well, I know a lot of people that have gotten through hard times without really being a Christian. I promise you this. There's damage that maybe you don't see. There's scar tissue you're not aware of. There's all kinds of cataclysmic stuff that has happened that will never be repaired. And if you're a Christian and you're unrevived and this thing hits, I got to tell you, there's going to be some damage. There's going to be a lot of damage. There's going to be a lot of carnage all around you. When this guy got up the fourth day, this place was annihilated, decimated, flat as a pancake. Mountainsides were coming down all over the place, uh, avalanches, because so much rain had fallen. Not a single thing was standing. Get ready. Prepare yourself. I'm guaranteeing you this is coming your way. And someday, if you don't believe me, and the wind is blowing and trees are falling, metaphorically speaking, you're going to say, good Lord in heaven, somebody told me this was going to happen. But there's another problem. Not only do I guarantee you point number one that a hurricane's coming, but point number two is almost as scary. John 16 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Lord said, tribulation is coming. And I'm guaranteeing it. Point number two is this. There is no buffer. You know what a buffer is? People say, Tom, you know what? I've got $150,000 of liquid cash in the bank. That's my buffer. Great. Wonderful. Next guy will say, no, I've got a half a million green. That's my buffer. Other people say, I have three friends that are amazing, and they buffer me. Other people say, I go to church, regular as all get out. That's my buffer. I'm a good person, and I think that God loves me because of that, and that is my buffer. I'm a Christian. Kind of superficial, not that deep, but that's my buffer. I'm telling you today, sorry, there is no buffer. The storm's coming. There's no buffer. I want to tell you a story. Good friend of mine, Christian. Had some tough times, had some struggles. Came to camp one year, wasn't sure he was going to come. Kind of had a lot of career stuff going on, a lot of college. Pretty busy trying to fit it in. And another church was largely that way for him too. 
And he came and he said, Tom, good to see you again, buddy. We shook hands. And he told me one of the main reasons that he came to camp, because he wanted some revival. See, he had this dream. He had this dream that is so graphic and so disturbing, I've never forgotten it. The dream was this. He dreamt that the Lord, or some force, was trying to show him that he's on the wrong track and was taking him and grinding him along the surface of a road. I mean, grinding his body into the surface of this rough, rocky road. And he was trying to walk with his hands and get his body up, but he couldn't resist the force of this grinding, powerful hand on his back, grinding him into the road. And I shudder thinking out of telling you there. I said, well, that was the dream? He said, no, it got worse. You see, flesh was being torn from my body once the clothing was worn away, and it was incredibly painful. And as I was going along, and, and my sinews, my flesh was just hanging off me. And I know it's just a matter of time, and as I was being pushed down this road face first, I saw my blood brother, he was my flesh and blood brother and my spiritual brother, standing on the road next to me. And as I went by him, I reached for him, and I grabbed him, and I threw him on the ground like a buffer for me. Take away the pain to ease my burden. So my brother was being grabbed, so I didn't have to be. Is that disgusting? The story, though, ends with his brother being ground away. There is no buffer from the hurricane. I'm sorry to yell it, but the sad story is I'm scared for you if you're not revived, or heaven forbid you're not even a Christian yet. The hurricanes come in point number one. I guarantee it. I guarantee number two, there is no buffer. Be it financial, emotional, friends, there's no buffer. There's no safety zone. It begs the question, do you have what you need to survive? Do you have what it takes? It's not just turning to the Lord and saying, oh, I'm giddy and happy I'm a Christian. Oh, we have to be strong Christians. The church is under fire. Families are under fire. Society's under fire. We can't afford to be superficial Christians because when the storms come, we're going to be washed away. You know when the Lord talks about times that we, trials that we're put through. Do you know what that means? That, means that some people fail the test and the tribulation. Some people flunk. They get into that hurricane and they're swept away. There's no rope. There's nothing. They're gone. And here's the disturbing thing. You're thinking to yourself, well, Tom, what you're saying is the only, the only escape from this hurricane is to be a strong Christian. Sorry. Sorry. The hurricane's coming. 
There's no buffer. You're going to live or you're going to die. You're going to make it or you're going to be swept away. And that's the sorry truth. You see, there are times, undoubtedly, when Christ delivers us from things. Here, what we read in Matthew, he says, And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? But the Lord showed me something about this passage I never realized before. The Lord was kind of annoyed. He would have preferred to weather the storm. He would have preferred they had why are you fearful, you have little faith? The Lord sometimes deliver us. But in my experience, more often than not, he's going to ask you to ride through this hurricane that's coming. There's something strange about a hurricane. Something called the eye of the storm. The eye of the hurricane. When you see them on a satellite, these monsters are sometimes 1,500, 2,000 miles across. They're 10 miles high. And they're swirling. But in the center, there's something strange. A strange phenomenon that happens. It's called the eye of the hurricane. Remember what I told you about Babe and Bay? The fourth day when he woke up and it was all calm? Well, he walked out of the shelter and he realized the reason it was so calm was that they were in the middle of the eye of this gigantic Force 5 hurricane. Category 5. Blue sky above, some strange clouds in the middle there, and this huge 20-mile circumference circle around them that looked like rippling concrete, alive and spinning. If you're a strong Christian, a strong, revived Christian, you will make it to the eye of the storm. And the peace and the calm that's there is the calm of understanding that Jesus Christ has things in command. He's got things in control. He brought you through this far. But I'm telling you, not for the faint of heart. You don't get there being a weak Christian. You don't get close if you're not a Christian. The iron storm is there, a place of peace and the turmoil when you are a deep and strong Christian. Time to get ready. And that's point three. Jesus resides in the eye of the storm. But you don't get there if you're a milk-drinking Christian. You've got to get ready. You've got to get strong. We've got to pull together as a fellowship. We've got to look at the small things and say, those are small things. Heaven help us, a hurricane's coming. Sometimes they're individual. Sometimes they're collective. And boy, sometimes you see them in the distance. I can see some already. In my life. And I'm not happy about it. But I got to respond 
in the only way there is. Because I know it's coming. I know it's going to hit. I know there's no Got to get ready and meet Jesus in the eye of the hurricane. You don't get that unless you're strong. Ask it the guys that fly planes that try to go through the eye. It's horrendous. One last bit about hurricanes. You see, it's nice to be in the eye. It's nice to get that overwhelming peace that Jesus is in control. The problem is, after the eye passes, is the worst part of the storm. It's called the eye wall. That thing that's coming towards you, and you know the reprieve is almost over. When that eye wall hits, it's going to be maximum speeds. And the problem is, there's already been devastation. Everything's weak. Everything's loose. Soil is soft because of all the rain. When that baby hits, you're done for. Unless you realize that Jesus gets you through this far. And he'll get you through the rest. If you're strong. If you're ready. If you remember, there's no buffer. If you remember, it's coming. Got to get ready. Do you have what it takes to weather the hurricane? Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 say, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in distresses, in persecutions, in distresses. I take pleasure in hurricane. That's revival, my friend. That is a revived Christian. That's a revived church that takes pleasure in the hurricane. just waiting for that moment in the midst of the storm where there's just a small reprieve saying, Lord, I know you're here. I see the blueness of the sky. I know I've only gotten here by your strength, and I know the worst is likely yet to come. There's a storm coming. And it's going to be tough. And it might only be a Category 3 the first time. But it will be the worst thing you've ever experienced. And the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I know you've played the numbers in the past in terms of probably won't die early. Probably got some time. Hurricane's coming. Category 5, guaranteed. Get rid of your notions of buffers. Because Jesus is going to ask you, more often than not, to ride the storm out. And he'll wait in the eye of that hurricane.
and prepare you for the second blast. Songs are going to be sung. All I'll ever need. If you want to survive the coming storms, revival is the only way to make it through. Jesus bless his word.